What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Trap Podcast. It is your long lost buddy, Billy Botch, alongside the pickle. Dad, how are we doing? We're fantastic. How are you? Good. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Um, Feels I, uh, like it's been forever. It has. It's been a. It's been a long time. It has been a really crazy week and a half for me. So I was down in Costa Rica, and um, it was amazing down there. There wasn't much going on as far as hockey goes. That was the All Star week, and then I got back, and I ended up. I got sick, so I was sick on. Uh, well, actually, I got back on on Monday night, and I went to work Tuesday, and I had a pile of paperwork on my desk that I had to try to take care of. And then Kyle and his family flew in on Wednesday, um, but I was I ended up getting sick. Uh, we went to the game versus Calgary on Thursday, Kyle and I, which the Devils lost, um, and. We pretty much laid low. I had uh, three basketball games on Saturday and then the Super Bowl Sunday, which did you watch the Super Bowl? I did. I watched I watched part of it. Um, to be honest, I watched uh, Waste Management, so I probably missed. Uh, oh, geez. What is going on there? My God. It's I, like, I felt bad. I wanted to see Charlie Hoffman win and... Uh, I'm just yeah. talking about the the overall. No, that's that's a shit show. That's a shit show, and my prediction is that we don't see that anymore. I mean, yeah, they well, stopped serving alcohol at it. I, it was like, it was just, it's out of control. Yeah, it was. It's always been this like crazy, crazy event where people were drinking and like a novelty almost for golf. But this weekend right. was just f- straight up embarrassing for the sport, yeah. in my opinion. It was. It used to be colorful. Now it's just embarrassing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we watched the Super Bowl. Um. And. Uh. Yesterday I had to go up to Mohegan Sun. So I was up at Mohegan Sun, and then we got the snowstorm. Um. How much snow I, do we have up there? It's not so bad. Oh, it got okay. warmer. It, it snowed in the morning, but then it got warmer. And most of it melted on the major highways and stuff. But you know how much that ride sucks. No, it's horrible. So, um, yeah, so I didn't really get to watch most of the game last night. I saw the score. I saw the goals. I saw the highlights. Um, But overall, you know, Saturday night, Kyle and I went out to uh, Baseline Social up uh, by Oceanport, by Long Branch up there, and we watched – uh, the devil's game there. And, you know, you could tell the devils are starting to put things together a little bit. They're healthy. Um, I get it. Siegenthaler and Hamilton are still out, but for the most part, their forward group looks like how we drew it up going into the season. Um, it looks like the team is like starting to play with a little bit more intensity and, you kind of expected it after you saw Nico, you know, call out and say how he was embarrassed of the way that they played and whatnot. Um, and and then Lazar and Ruff brought up that they had changed up their defensive right. system. I, I really believe that was the biggest change. I think that that, that made the biggest difference. Uh, offensive assignments in our defensive zone 
you know, changing. I think it, it takes a lot of the pressure off the goalie. And if, if, if that is the reason why the last two games we played wait, so well defensively. Wait, what, do you, what, what do you talk, explain to me what you're talking about? Well, they, they came out and said that they're, uh, the center's, the center's job has changed when we're in our defensive zone that it's not his his job to like it was the three forwards were our our complete goal was to break out of the zone and the center would always be very deep and so they he, you know they said that they changed that to where now we just have our wingers up high and everybody knows who they, you know, who their man is, who their coverage is, and they simplified it. They just simplified it. It's it's. There's well, we're a playing lot. basically like now we're playing almost like what youth hockey teaches you how to play defense. Exactly, like, exactly. And wow, seems to work. Like huh. Lindy Ruff's swarm the puck. Uh, exactly. You know, did not did not really uh, go over so well for so long, and it's like. Okay, you want to credit Lindy Ruff for making the adjustment. Why didn't he make the adjustment 20 games ago? Why 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 were we ever playing that game? Why were we ever playing that that defensive structure? It's like that that makes no sense. Absolutely none. So, you could tell that the team has clamped down and they've looked better. They've looked better in front of Vanacek. Vanacek was disappointing in the Calgary game, obviously, but he rebounded versus, um, he rebounded versus Carolina and, um, and then Nico does played a strong game, a strong game last night. Now, you know, what was funny was after the game that, that Vanacek had versus Calgary, it was the first time that Lindy Ruff came out and really called out Vanacek for not making the saves when they needed him. Right, And he's kind of avoided that all season. Now, the strange part to me was on Saturday, he ran Vanacek right back out there. And right. and it's like the reason that he ran Vanacek out there, his, his thing was, well, that Dawes hasn't seen enough reps. Exactly. Well, that's kind of your job, dude. That's your job to get the uh, your goalie prepared to play in a game, both goalies. Right. To me, it sounded like he said, well, I fucked up. I haven't played Dawes. I haven't been rotating them, so I couldn't put him in. I should have pulled Vanacek in, at the end of the second period, but I didn't pull him because I screwed up and I haven't played Dawes. Well, no, not really. Like, I didn't think of it that way because they had a nine-day break prior to that. You know what I mean? But that's, like but that's basically what he said. But that's no, when I think he says reps, I think he just means reps in practice too. Wow, I don't think he means if if that's if that's the case. If that's the case, then I don't think know. it means re I don't think it means reps in a game because you know think about earlier in the season how many games that Vtech started without Schmidt getting any any nods. You know what I mean? And right. it was like if you're going to pull if if Vanacek is going to lose you the game versus Calgary, and then you're going to publicly criticize him to throw him out in the next game, in a divisional game, which is huge. And then your reasoning behind it was our backup goalie isn't prepared. Well, that's kind of on you, dude. 
No, it's it's definitely on him. It's definitely on him. And he said he had said something like I don't have the clip, but he had said something like he hasn't played in 16 days. So he hasn't seen any pucks. So I couldn't I couldn't put him in. Right. Well, you know, it's it just doesn't make any sense. It it just that that was that just didn't make any sense what he said. Mm -hmm. And if it does make sense, you know, if it does make sense, then shame on him, you know, that's that's all his fault. Um, one of the guys that we have to just jump right into this as far as comments goes to me was is Jack Hughes. And Jack Hughes opens his mouth again. I get it. He's the best, most talented player on the team. But did you see his comments regarding Vitek Manichek? I didn't. I didn't. So after the game last night, they won. And he said, yeah, we could have a lot better chance to win if we can get a save. And, and, and that is, you know, Jack has been known to, to kind of just say whatever's out on his mind without you, you know, there's no filter. Um, but that's a pretty disrespectful thing to say about your your goaltender. And he was like, you know, we can win if we can get saves and, you know, that would be like V and while it's the truth, it is the truth. But that would be like Vitek Vanacek saying, well, yeah, we could also win if our number one overall pick. If he, if he wasn't hurt all the time. Right, right. But but in you all, fairness, throw, in all fairness, the guy's, throw, the guy's the worst goalie in the league. You don't throw your players under the bus. If you, th- if you don't think that that's a rude comment to make publicly, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I think, it, I think it's rude, better. and I think that you don't throw your teammates under a bus. Um, but I think it's, you know, I think it had just as much to do with them wanting to see Dawes play. Dawes had one bad game where he let up five goals and it was, you know, it was it was a shit show and it dragged his save percentage down under 900. But besides that, Dawes looked solid. So, yeah. you know, we know what we know what Vanacek is. Yeah, I'm not sold on Dawes. Like I'm not sold on him either, but I I do know exactly what Vanacek is. I really, okay. I really, I feel about, like we're I not talking about Vanacek being a shitty goalie. The whole world knows he's a shitty goalie. We're talking about Jack Hughes, the face of our franchise, calling out our goaltender. You don't think that's that's a pretty crappy thing to say about one of your teammates? You know, he probably felt like uh, all the rest of us. You know, after after that game, I mean, the it, no, I I got yeah, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But I also understand his frustration. That's not what a captain does. All right. Next. Uh, Goaltenders. So there's been um, a lot of of, uh, speculation around Markstrom. And, you know, they talked about how it sounded like Holtz and Vanacek were possibly going the other way for Markstrom. And the deal fell on its face once uh, Tom Fitzgerald needed the team to um, to take on some of the salary. I don't know why Fitzgerald needs them to take on salary. Doesn't make real, doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. And at some point, it does fall. This is this falls on Tom Fitzgerald. This season falls on Tom Fitzgerald, no doubt about it. And uh, it's not that I don't like Fitz, but he sat on his hands for way too long. 
Um, luckily, our division is is shit, so we are still somehow within uh, reach of a playoff spot. But you don't need Calgary to retain salary. So, no. um, you know, do I think it's smart to trade Holtz for a 34-year-old goaltender? It's like if you're not going to make a move with Lindy Ruff, it is because you're going to you're, you're basically trading a fourth line player. Right. But I do think that Holtz, I mean, if you were to, you know, they showcased him with Hughes in the game versus Calgary, which was that's exactly what that was. He never played with Hughes at any other point right. in the in the season. Um, but there's an opportunity for a blockbuster deal regarding Calgary and New Jersey and New Jersey has the prospects and has the talent and they have the draft picks to really make that move that I think is Markstrom Hannafin for, it could be a Casey, a Holtz, a Vanacek and a first or something like that. And uh, I was at the game the other night, and I really, I I loved what I saw out of Hannafin. Hannafin is is a great defenseman. Like, oh, he definitely is. <clears throat> he's a guy that would really solidify the back end, especially when Hamilton comes back. He plays on the left side where we need some pieces. Um, the problem with him is uh, apparently he's turned down an $8.5 million deal from Calgary. Now that could mean that he just wants to get out of Calgary and wants a, a change of scenery knows that maybe they're breaking, they're breaking it down over there and it's going to be a rebuild and he doesn't want to potentially stick around for it, which, you know, I understand And that's kind of like part of being a free agent too, is like you have, you finally have leverage in your corner for the, for the first two, three contracts of your career you're pigeonholed and you're owned by the team and you're a unrestricted um, or you're a restricted free agent. And then once you get to the point where you can be unrestricted, he's only 28 years old. He's in the prime of his career. He has the opportunity to try to sign with somebody who he thinks could be a contender or could make a run moving forward. I don't think he's going to get more than $8.5 million to be honest, but he is a puck transporter. He was playing on the power play. He's big. He checks all the boxes. He's he's really uh, solid. Um, so I think that there is an opportunity still. You know, Markstrom has two years left on his deal. And, yeah, he's going to hold you over for two years. But, the you know, there's word coming out that Barry Trotz could be uh, looking to shop UC Soros. I saw that. And that's real. That is a guy who can seriously, he's 28, and he's a guy who can play for the next six, seven, eight years uh, as your franchise goaltender. And that would be, I mean, that would be a grand slam for the Devils, a team who's young. Their window is just open. They're looking to make uh, make some moves and solidify the crease. If you go through his stats, he came into the league in 2016, 2017. His save percentage, 923, 925, 915, 914, 927, 918, 919. I mean, these are really impressive numbers. He's never had a goals against average above 2.7, except for this year. He's at 2.97. 
But the problem that Nashville has, and they're in a logjam. So if you saw Elliot Friedman on Jeff Merrick's show, he was saying with the kind of year that Askarov is having, that, that there's nothing for him to prove in the AHL anymore. He should be right. playing in the NHL. So you, you, you're not going to, Saros deserves is going to deserve to be paid at the end of next year. Askarov is coming in on an entry level contract. He is going to be the future of of the team. Um, so you want to move Saros while he has term on his contract because you're going to get more from him if you have some term on it. Um, How many years do you got left? He's got one more year left. So I, I think that that is, if it's me. And I I don't know if they can get that done prior to the trade deadline. Um, But if you were to tell me right now, listen, you can trade and get Markstrom uh, or you could trade and get a deal with Markstrom and and Hannafin or Tanev uh, now, or you could wait it out. And then in the off season, try to make a move and get Soros. I think the move is to get Soros in the off season. Yeah, I would definitely wait. They're not going to get, they're not going to get Askarov. I, I just don't think that that's how possible. great would that be, though? It would be good, but I mean, he's never, you know, he's he's only played one or two games or whatever it is, so he hasn't played. But and the Devils are kind of starting to get into win now mode, right? Um, I think that Saros actually fits the timeline better because you know his contract would be for basically the same length as the Jack Hughes contract, as they're going to sign. Luke, they're going to sign Nemitz, they're going to sign Mercer. So I think that like Saros is 28. He can play solid goal for seven years. It's like, that's a good, that's a good option. Yeah, that's good. And and he has a track record behind him to where he's proven. So it's not like Askarov could come in and look good for one year and then look bad one year. And it's like, you don't know his consistency on a professional level. So, um, I'm curious to see. The other guy that they keep bringing up is, is and Kevin Weeks brought him up is Elvis Merzlikens. Merzlikens is got three years left on his contract. He's playing in Columbus. He doesn't have a team in front of him, but he's kind of running his mouth a little bit. He wants to get out of town. He is a total wild card, in my yeah. opinion. And yeah. it's like, don't put your chips in. No. We're not putting our chips in on Merz Lickens to be the goalie to to bring us to the promised land. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think while I don't agree with how patient Tom Fitzgerald has been regarding the coach and regarding what he's been able to do in net, I think that if you can't get the deal done to get Markstrom and a defender, uh, you press you press now to get uh, Saros, and if you can't get him without overpaying for him, you try to wait until the off season, and then you just wait to see what happens because Boston has two two solid number right. ones as well, and it's like, you know, why would they give him up? They would give him up because they need pieces in other pl- in other parts of the ice. So there, it's like it doesn't do them any good to have a, a shiny object who sits on the bench for half the game. You can only play one goalie a game. So it's like, if you can give somebody a center or a winger or a defenseman, that is going to be a piece that plays 15 to 22 nights a game. It's like, they would, they would take that for a backup goaltender. You know what I mean? You could only, it's just like, so 
it's the same reason as why would people move? Why would you move uh, Seamus Casey if it's like we move Seamus Casey because we have three right-handed defensemen that it's like there's no place for exactly. him. You know what I mean? So it's like when you have a plethora of riches at one at one roster spot, you move him and you make up for a deficiency somewhere else in your roster. So um, we'll see what happens with that. I can't believe that he waited as long as he did. Um, I can't believe that he he let rough you know tinker and and just i can't believe he let rough just run the team the way that he did for so long it's really frankly it sucked the life out of the fan base and it sucked the life out of the team now to see them come out and play in three strong games the way that they have or i guess it's been two strong games it's like okay that feels good but it's still it there's it still sticks in my craw. Right. Like, it could be too little, too late, too. It's too know? late. It feels too late, and it's like we have this stadium series game coming up, and you were just expecting the Devils to blow the Flyers out of the water coming into this season in this game, and they're hot, and they're they're not going to blow them out of the water. No, but not only that, it's like this game might not really mean that much in the big scheme of things when it comes to landing a playoff spot. I mean, it should, but you, you just thought that we would be more in the mix and I get it. We're all, you know, it's not like we're super far out We're we played 51 games. We have 56 points. The wild card team has 60 points. So they're two games ahead of us, but in order for us to get into that metropolitan third place spot, which is the flyers, they got three right. games on us, but they're up by eight points. No, I know. It's a lot. And I was kind of hoping last night, last night they were losing to Arizona and you just say they're, they're playing good hockey. Torts got them playing good hockey. It's, um, you know, Arizona is not a great team, but you just see them battle their way back. So that, that was always my spot. I wasn't really looking at Tampa Bay or, or the Red Wings to like grab that last spot. I always thought that we were going to grab that, you know, third in our our conference that I'm waiting for the wheels to fall off of Philly and they don't look like they're falling off. Um, so we have the stadium series game coming up. So we're recording this right now. It is uh, Tuesday, February 13th. It's about an hour and a half before Nashville, um, the Nashville game. And we're going to be... Um, we're going to record a little bit after the game, but we have the stadium series game coming up on Saturday. So dad, you're flying in Thursday for the Kings game, correct? I am. Okay. I am. I got an early flight on Thursday. Uh, I plan on, you know, catching that Kings game and then uh, bearing the cold out there. So would you agree that these are must win games at this point? They are. Every game's a must-win game when we blew so many easy games, and not easy games because there are no easy games, but when we when we were just mis- yes, we mishandled. Yes, we did. Miscoached. We blew um, easy games. The team, the team did not play tough, and we lost games for San Jose at home, Anaheim at home, Columbus at home. Like it was miscoached it was lack of effort it was a whole it was a whole thing it was uh, the vibe around the team was not good um we're at the point where we have to win roughly 
just according to statistically where teams need to be in order to get into the playoffs over the years, we have to win uh, over 67% of our games. Right. And we're, you know. So do you think we could go, you know, basically 20, we would have to go uh, uh, 21 and 12. 21, 11, and 1. That's what we do need I, to go. Do I think we could do it? I honestly do think we could do it. Um, the fact that we're that, in this situation, is the there, fact that we're in this situation, it just blows your fucking mind. Yeah, we're that, in this situation. We have a 24% chance of making the playoffs. We're in this situation. Oh, listen. Oh, you're talking about that. We're in this situation where we could be in the playoffs because the teams that are playing in the same division of us as us have been horrible. So in any, you know, this is, we have no business even being in playoff contention still. Is there anything that they've done up to this point, 51 games into the season that makes you think that they could win two games for every one game with the hardest schedule in the league ahead of them? Well, I'm, I'm always going to look on, uh, I'm always going to try and be an optimist and the last two the last two games, I think that, you know, maybe something clicked defensively. Um, and tonight, you know, tonight will be a tonight will be another good measuring stick. And and, you know, the other two games, the Kings and the Flyers this week, if we could lock it down and play a little better defensively, we can, you know, we're not going to win a Stanley Cup with our with the goaltending that we have right now. Or you know, is Markstrom is he is he our saving grace or I I, I don't know. Um, doubtful, right? Very, very, very doubtful. Um, you know, they're just they haven't been they they haven't winning's contagious and losing's contagious, and I think that we've had too much losing, you know, uh, around this year. We can build off the wins that we've had, and if we have another good outing, I mean, if you really think about it, we let up one goal in two games, uh, one you know, re- uh, regulation goal in two games. If we could, if we could play this way defensively, then we do have a shot. We definitely do have a shot because we do have firepower. That's has never been the problem. We have Brat, we have Hughes, we have. Yeah, you know. we, we know. We know who we have. So playing defense, Hataka. I'm not going to call him Hataka. That just sounds bizarre, but Hataka. I, yeah, I know. I was saying, right? Yeah. And you see he got I, sent down today? I can't believe it. I yes, there was only Smith. one player that played better than him last night, and that was Jack Hughes. Well, that's and if you're looking at those charts. But, if you're looking okay. at the charts. But, I mean, the guy has been. He's been very good. I would say I I would say that he's been our best defensive defenseman. Him and Nemitz, by far. Even Luke Hughes has played well, but he's been solid. I mean, he he seems like he always knows where to be and what to do. When he commits, he commits in the right situation. Yeah, so he got sent down. He's going down to Utica. He doesn't have to go through waivers. Either way, you could have just left Brendan Smith on the IR and not <clears throat> and not activated him if you, if you wanted to. Um, the, the defense finally looks like it is playing better. Uh, Nemitz, I saw that Nemitz rush that he had from end to end last night. You know, one of the things that has really killed this team, 
and I mean really killed this team. You cannot win in the NHL with or have any kind of hope if you can't um, if you can't convert on the power play. Yeah, it we have the worst oh, power play. Yeah, we were worst like, power play. Oh, for twenty three, we have two goals on the power play in a month. Not good enough. Last night they finally get on the board. Toffoli gets one. But you really you can't you can't win like that, and it's like you definitely can't win in the playoffs. Like if you're if you can't convert on the power play. So um, at the beginning of the year we were really hot. We ran Mark Recchi out of town. You know we've run everybody out of town because of our power play, our assistant coaches. We're we're so stagnant. It's like move the puck around. Now Hughes wasn't there. I don't know if I would continue to play Luke Hughes on the point. I just don't think that he gets pucks through as much as I would give someone else a chance to get pucks through. I saw they put Colin Miller on the second power play, I believe it was at one point. Um, and then, um, and, and Nemitz has an opportunity. I think Nemitz is, has good vision, but they have to switch it up because if you don't convert on your power plays, it's like, it's such a momentum flipper for for the other team too, but it's like you're creating all this offense, and if you're drawing penalties, but you still can't convert on it, it uh, good teams good teams find ways to to score power play goals. So, uh, I would like to see that that has to change. It's at a, it's at such a rate right now that it, it could only get better. It can't possibly get worse. So we have that going for us. Did anybody see? Colin Miller's shot coming. Did it like I, I knew he had a good shot, but I mean, did he's got a cannon? Yeah, yeah, he's the hardest. Did shot you know league. that? Yeah, did did you know that? Well, like watching him play, I, I I realized that he has a big slap shot, right? Um, but it's hard to tell the velocity on it from watching it in person. You know what I mean? You just are like, whoa, that seems like a big shot. He's got a big windup too. So that always looks like you know how like PK Subban used to have a big no, windup. So what that does is while he has a ton of velocity on his shot, which is awesome, it also it gives defenders times to get time to get into that lane. You know what I mean? Right. He seems to find lanes pretty well though in, in the he big does. scheme of things. He does. Like he does. I think he's been pretty solid. He's been fine. Um, you know, you look at like a guy like Subban who he used to just fire it into people's shin pads. You know what I mean? So, um, so we're going to the game Thursday. We have the game tonight. We have now it's like every other night we got a game. This is like crunch time for real. I know. This um, is fun. So Saturday, you got Patty's Palace on wheels. He's got a bathroom in it for you, Dad. You sure you don't want to get on Patty's bus? They're leaving from Interlaken. You could pee we'll in talk, it. We'll we'll talk about it. It's uh, it's you were the one that you know you were the one that. Well, I offered because I know that you pee a lot. I pee very often. Yeah, so um, we're gonna go up, and we're either way whether we go up on Patty's bus or we or we go up in the car. We'll be out there. It'll be tail- a good time. Yeah, we'll be out there tailgating. It'll be fun to be back at the Meadowlands for a Devils game. That's where obviously. I grew up going to games and hanging out in that parking lot, and uh, I'm a Giants fan as well, so there's nothing like hanging out in that lot. It's going to be cold, Dad. 
It's going to be freezing, I don't but want, I'm ready. I don't want to hear it. You're coming from sunny I'm Florida. I'm going to be ready. I have my alpaca hoodie that is weighs about 30 pounds. I don't think anything gets through that thing. If it's good enough for the alpacas, it's good enough for me. All right, well, we'll uh, maybe we'll pick this up after the game tonight. All right, after the big win. All right, uh, from the Trot po- uh, Podcast, uh, we'll speak soon. <laughs>